Hello and welcome to another episode of the VCDX podcast. A monthly podcast focused on the VCDX certification with news, updates, advice and special guests. My name is Simon Long, VCDX number 105 and in this episode we'll be hearing from our special guest about their recent VCDX experience and how it was actually quite a bit different from the experience they're expecting. Here's a taste of what's coming up. Well, I think one of the major fears that I had was whether the questions would be twisted, uh, you know, whether they would be difficult to understand. It's, it's never quite what you expect it to be. So just go in and just be open-minded and, and just go with the flow, essentially. It's not just a certification that I'm preparing for, but kind of honing my skills as an architect, both in terms of soft skills, in terms of method and clarity of thought, uh, and seeing me uh, seeing my growth and improvement as I prepared was one of the best things, I would say. So let's head into our news and updates section. So first of all, I want to start off by congratulating our newly minted VCDXs. We have Raymond de Jong from the Netherlands and Pancha Verma from India, both recently passing their VCDX NV. So congratulations, guys. You can breathe a huge sigh of relief and chill. Some important dates that are coming up. We have some VCDX workshops. We have one in Phoenix at the uh, Phoenix VMUG on October the 30th. We will also be holding a VCDX workshop at VMworld Barcelona on Monday, November the 4th in the morning. So if you're gonna be at VMworld Barcelona, feel free to uh, register for that workshop and drop along. And for those of you who have been interested in an online version of the VCDX workshop, You'll be pleased to know that VMware will be hosting an online workshop on November the 15th. Um, if you're not familiar with what the VCDX workshops are, give episode two of the VCDX podcast a listen. There's a lot more information there about why it's important for you if you're heading on your VCDX path. I'll, link, I'll be sure to include lots of links to the different VCDX workshops that are available and coming up into the show notes themselves. So that's all we have for news and updates in this episode. Let's head into the special guest interview. You're listening to the VCDX podcast. Moving on to our guest interview. Who is this episode's special guest? Give me a name and your number. Hi, uh, my name is Veronica and I'm VCDX 280. Hey, Veronica, thank you for joining me. Um, and which, which VCDX certification tracks do you have? I've done a VCDX in network virtualization. So that's the VCDX NV, correct? Yeah. Yes, the one on NSX, right. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, what, what's your current role and what do you do in that role? Give us a bit of an idea of what your background is. Okay, so my uh, background is initially from network security, but then mm-hmm. I moved uh, into the virtualization world, uh, got interested in uh, the compute virtualization through a couple of projects that I did, and then moved on to um, uh, an infra architect role, which is what I'm doing now. So what I do right now is consulting as well as infra architecture, uh, mm-hmm. which involves designs across uh, software-defined data centers primarily. So um, we, within, the, within my organization, we specialize uh, in software-defined data centers. So we deal with the end-to-end architecture uh, and integrations with different software-defined data center products. Okay, very cool. And and who do you work for at the moment? 
Uh, I work for HCL Technologies, uh, which is an India-based company uh, providing IT services across the world. Very cool. Do you get to travel much in that role or is it mostly office-based and work remotely? Yeah, I think when uh, when it's architecture discussions, it's usually in person, at least mm-hmm. the initial few rounds. Yeah. Uh, and also because we get involved in consulting and uh, product placements as well, we get to interact with a lot of vendors um, and consulting is primarily an in-person exercise. So we end up meeting customer executives uh, and architects. So we get to interact with various roles uh, within the customer environments as well. So is it is that kind of both pre-sales and post-sales role then? Because it sounds like you might be trying to position some some products there as well, or is it mostly just a post-sales kind of thing? Yeah, so you're you're absolutely right. We kind of do both uh, pre-sales mm-hmm. and post-sales. So uh, when it comes to positioning products and evaluating them, we kind of do a pre-sales role, but uh, we also do end-to-end design and architecture, which is a post-sales role. Cool. So uh, it's a mix of we, both and. It's so pretty challenging. And which is your favorite, pre-sales or post-sales? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I think the fun is in pre-sales, but the post-sales mm-hmm. one is more challenging, and that's kind of a little bit where I lean towards. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm completely the same with that. I, I prefer the challenge of yeah. you know solution something for the customer. Um, great. So you fairly recently passed your VCDX, so congratulations. And can you Thank can you, you tell us what about your VCDX ex, uh, experience was different to what you expected? You know, was there anything you kind of you went in thinking, okay, it's just going to be like this, <laughs> and actually you, by the end of it, you came out and said, oh, well, that was different, either like, better or worse. You know, have you got any Thank examples you. you can give our listeners here? Yeah, sure. Um, I think there's a lot of hype when uh, we talk about VCDX, especially with the actual Defense Day. So, and, and you know, it's, it, it is a defense with a lot of time and energy and money invested. So um, off the boat, we are uh, nervous when we go in. And there's also a lot of, um, you know, information given in terms of how the panelists would be, uh, how the questions would be asked, when they would be asked. Um, and so I think one of the major fears that I had was whether the questions would be twisted, uh, you know, whether they would be difficult to understand. Um, or, you know, whether uh, it, it is about finding out weaknesses in your design. Um, and that's a scary part. But it is also about enabling you to get, show off your strengths as well. Uh, so I think that balance is a little difficult to understand when you before you go in. But once you go in, um, and when I when I actually started or went through the defense, I realized that what uh, I've heard from the others about the panelists trying to actually help you out and, uh, you know, help you score in areas that you're weak, uh, what people actually meant when they said that, because uh, the way it came off was not uh, that they wanted to challenge me, but uh, to kind of, you know, help me out and bring out the answers that sometimes even I didn't realize that I had. Uh, So that way it was pretty interesting because, uh, they were, um, you know, not really prompting, but giving me suggestions and making me think in different angles, uh, you know. So that really helped me bring out my expertise in terms of the design, in terms of my thinking process. And uh, also, um, I I had really good mentors before I went in. So I wouldn't say I was caught totally off guard. Uh, I had prepared pretty well in terms of what to expect. 
but you know these kind of things really uh, you get to know when you go inside as to what they mean by saying that the scorers the, the panelists don't really uh, try to put you down they actually try to help you score right so i've heard that statement a lot of times but it was difficult to understand before i actually went in and went through the experience yeah and i think you know maybe in the past many many years ago possibly that not necessarily wasn't the case but people used to think it was not the case and now we definitely try and promote that as something we try and we obviously do in the panel but we also want to make people aware that that's why we're asking questions we're not asking questions to show how clever we are and how you know larger gaps in your knowledge you have it's a case of well you're already great at storage let's see how much more you even know let's see if we can score you even higher for example so sometimes we'll ask We'll take questions really, really deep. Just, just take, see how far we can get you to score. So, and I, I've, I find it, it's an interesting point that you brought up there as well. Is you were a little bit concerned about the panelists asking questions in a way that you were, you know, trying to trip you up or in a way that you wouldn't necessarily understand. Yeah. And I think uh, I, I mean, I certainly try and ask my questions as clearly as possible. Um, but you no, know, not everyone's an English speaker. So it's sometimes very difficult yeah, so, and, yeah. and people interpret things in different ways. So if there is an, if there is ever a question that you don't understand, please just say, I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Can you rephrase it? You know, we're never, we're, that's never a problem at all. We would, we want to make sure that you understand the question. And, and as I say, no, everyone's native speaking spe speakers. It's sometimes more difficult for them to process when there's a lot of stress and they're asking a question that you don't even understand what the question is. Don't be afraid to just say, <laughs> can you just rephrase it i'm not quite sure what you're asking there and and they'll definitely rephrase it in a different way to help you out so yeah it's very interesting yeah yeah and i did i did that a lot of times mm -hmm. i i did stop them and say that you know i didn't quite get what you asked yeah. and they were happy to help yeah yeah definitely yeah. so were, were there any other things that you that you experienced or that you could add to this list yeah i um i'd like to add a, one more mm -hmm. point uh, so I heard from a lot of people and I did know before going in that the experience would be a little bit subjective uh, because each panel would approach the defense in a different way uh, within the stated guidelines and according to the blueprint, of course. But uh, what I would suggest is not to go in with any kind of preset notion as to how the defense would yeah. be. Uh, because, you know, it could be a different ways of approaching. Some people could choose to interrupt you while you're, uh, presenting or it could be at the end or it could be somewhere in, the, in between. They could switch between different levels of questions or it could be just basics initially and then they deep dive. So it's all going to be depending on how you perform there and how things are going to go with the flow, yeah. right? So rather than try to preset your mind and prepare, um, I would say just go and do your best on D-Day. Yeah, I think it's really, really good point. I mean, I think a lot of people who work with customers will understand this point is just treat it like you're going to see a customer. You, you never know what you're going to expect with a customer. You, 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 yeah. you might have a list of people that's going to be in the meeting. You'll get there. Someone's off sick. Someone's not available because there's a P1 happening somewhere else. And then, oh, you know, I've got, I've got another meeting coming up. So I'm going to have to leave early. You know, it's, it's never quite what you expect it to be. So just go in and just be open-minded and, and just, go with the flow essentially There's, there is no set agenda of how or when we ask questions what type of questions we ask how difficult how easy we just ask questions based on 
what we're hearing or seeing at the time. And there be, there's been times where we've sat and listened to someone present to us for 15 minutes before we've even said anything because we're just they're, they're presenting very yeah, well yeah. and they're, they're, they're covering a lot of points. So we just sit back and listen. There's other times where we've asked questions literally within the first slide. You know, there is there is no set agenda for yeah. how we do it because we just basically ask the questions as and when we feel that is needed to. So I think that's a really good point, Veronica, is just expect the unexpected, I think is probably a good way of putting that. Yeah, and and you said it really well that you just need to keep an open mind because that way you don't, you know, get caught off guard when things don't go the way you expect. Definitely, definitely. So, Veronica, what was the most enjoyable part of the VCCX certification for you, other than actually receiving the email saying you'd passed? And, and maybe also let us know <laughs> what was the least enjoyable part if, if there was a part that you didn't enjoy? Yeah, I think the best part for me uh, was to see how much I was improving at my job uh, as I was preparing for the certification. So though I've been in this kind of a role for quite some time, uh, you know, the way I thought and the approach and the clarity of method uh, that this preparation was giving me had significant impact. And that kind of gave me a lot of joy to see that, you know, it's not just a certification that I'm preparing for, but kind of honing my skills as an architect, both in terms of soft skills, in terms of method and clarity of thought, uh, and seeing me, uh, seeing my growth and improvement as I prepared was one of the best things, I would say, uh, yeah. from this whole experience. Uh, well, the worst thing was easily waiting for the results. <laughs> <laughs> the, that one week was, you know, it was just, when is it going to come? Is it going to happen? Not going to happen? Because yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I shared this experience with many that though I, I was pretty sure I'd done okay, I wasn't really sure how well I had done, yeah. right? So uh, so I think that was the most unpleasant part of it as such. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the discipline um, and the, the, you know, the because you have to balance your personal life and preparing for the certification. I think the discipline and the routine that it brought in was was really helpful as well. I, I think you've brought up another really good point is that it's not, I mean, it is a certification, but the skills that you can gain as part of this process and, and going through the, the learning and preparing for the certification can really make a big difference in your professional career as well. And I think people need to understand that, okay, maybe you won't pass the VCTX first time or second time, but I'm pretty sure you'll notice a big difference in the way that you're able to kind of conduct yourself at work and, you know, during your documentation and, and you know, attention to detail was some one of the things that I really improved on when I did my VCDX. My, my attention to detail went way up, whereas before it wasn't necessarily there. Um, so Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so knowing what you know now, if you could go back in time, back to when you're preparing for your VCDX, what three pieces of pieces of advice would you give yourself? Okay, so I think one of the main uh, things that I realized was to was that I would have liked to identify my weak areas a little earlier on and focus on mm -hmm. them uh, rather than doing a very general preparation. And um, I, I did a joint uh, submission just to okay. uh, put that out there. So I uh, I prepared with a friend and we it, you know. That experience in itself was really enjoyable, and we it helped in the sense that we were able to identify each other's weaknesses mm -hmm. 
but you know, one of the advice that I would like to pass on to the others is to try and know your strengths and your weaknesses, and then uh, you know, not just try and rediscover and uh, redo everything, but kind of focus on your weak areas and work on improving them early on in the process. Um, and one thing that helps with that is to do as many mock defenses as yeah. possible. And I, again, had a great uh, um, community to help me out with the mock defenses. There's the Slack channel yeah. and a lot of folks there really step up uh, to help with the mocks. And that really helps with building confidence and you get to practice with a clock, yeah. uh, which is, I think, one of the key areas because you've got to be conscious of the time that you take in a defense. Yeah. Um, and I think the third advice that I would like to give people is to just relax and enjoy the preparatory process, because as you rightly said, and what I've realized as well, is that it's not just about getting the number and clearing the certification. Uh, it really does help you in building your skills. And because you do see the improvement in, your, um, in, in the way you approach things, uh, it is going to benefit you either ways. So as long as you have that kind of a positive attitude uh, while you aim to clear the exam, uh, it's going to really help reduce the stress and help you enjoy the learning process. Yeah, definitely. People focus too much on the certification rather than the skills and the knowledge they'll gain as part of going for that certification. So some really good words of advice there, Veronica. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out on what is a public holiday over there in India. Um, you can go back out and enjoy the rest of the celebrations this evening. And uh, Thank you, Simon. Thank you very much. So moving into the common mistakes section, uh, a section of the podcast where panelists who have attended many different VCDX defenses give me their common mistakes list that they see made by candidates during their defense sessions. So maybe if you've recently defended, some of these may ring true to you, or, but essentially a lot of these we've seen over many years of doing VCDX defenses. So this week, the common mistakes that I'm gonna talk about has actually been provided by two different panelists, both mentioned the same thing, so I thought it would probably be good to bring this up, but both Paul McSharry and, and Joseph Aggie have, have mentioned Something that I've also seen quite regularly is that when we're in the, the defense session and we're asking questions about the design, occasionally from time to time, we'll get the response, well, uh, no, that's out of scope for this project or you know, that's phase two of this project. And you know, specifically, we've, we get that regularly around disaster recovery. That's like, okay, we've, we've designed our infrastructure, disaster recovery will be a phase two of this project. And you know, in the in a real world, that's fine, because that's often what happens. You'll you'll be going in to do a project, design an infrastructure, and then the next part of that is once you've got that deployed, start looking at disaster recovery or other extensions to that platform. But when you're in the VCDX defense, we have to score you in particular scoring areas. And if that scoring area is in phase two and you are unable to give us answers around that, we're not able to score you in that section. So at this point, you may need to put some, um, something fictitious into your design in order us to have some scoring criteria as part of the design. So if the DR was out of scope, let's actually pretend that it is in scope. How would your disaster recovery process look? What is included? 
the, what are the RTOs and RPOs in order to recover the, the environment in the second data center or to the cloud. This is the information that we're gonna be asking you to provide. So I'd probably recommend thinking about it in advance rather than having to come up with it off the cuff during your defense. So I hope that's some advice that you will take on board because as I mentioned, we see that a lot um, and it's not very useful for us as a scoring panel to be able to help you pass your VCDX. So I hope that made sense. If you have any questions around the VCDX that you want me to maybe clear up or answer on this podcast, you can contact me uh, on Twitter at SimonLong underscore or via my blog, simonlong.co.uk. And I'll be happy to answer any questions you have. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this episode of the VCDX podcast. Again, thanks to my special guest, Veronica. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to subscribe so you can capture all future episodes of the VCDX podcast. Follow me on Twitter at SimonLong underscore and share this podcast with others who might also find it useful. I'll speak to you all again in about a month's time.